0: Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us. We are continuing our series, which we began last episode, entitled Homeschooling Today. And some of you are homeschooling. Some of you may be wanting to homeschool or investigating it. And some of you may not want to be homeschooling, but because of another outbreak of the coronavirus or whatever, you may be homeschooling. So any case, we're doing this series for people of all spectrums regarding homeschooling. And you may be a grandparent, may be listening to this. You may have grown children who may be interested in homeschooling or may be forced to do so and you can pass along the information you hear. Today I wanna to talk about the number one overlooked resource for homeschooling. Homeschooling is challenging. I don't want to uh, you know, skirt that, it's challenging. So you really want to take advantage of all available resources. And the one resource that I think is the most overlooked, uh, it's your husband if you're a homeschooling wife. Homeschooling dads, it's it's the number one overlooked resource for homeschooling. I'm holding in my hand a book, by the way, I recommend, it's entitled The Catholic Homeschool Companion, published by Sophia Press. There are 43 contributors, but very interesting, and to their credit, the two editors, Maureen Whitman and Rachel Maxson, they say, quote, fathers are too often overlooked in homeschooling circles. In producing this book, we made a special effort to seek out male authors. So there's 43 Contributors. It's a pretty thick book, and these are Catholic homeschoolers offering all kinds of uh, tips, and uh, they asked me not just to write a chapter. They had me write two chapters, and the two chapters I wrote were the role of dads in homeschooling, and I just want to give you a little, little uh, sample from the title uh, of the chapter I wrote. It's 21 things fathers can do for their homeschool, but this is just the intro. Fathers are vitally important to the long-term success of a homeschool. Last time I told you about a lot of people begin and a lot of people quit before they finish. There will be several times a homeschooling mother feels like throwing in the towel and quitting. At such crucial times, a good husband and father can help his wife over the humps, even without doing a lot of the actual teaching A husband can reduce the stress load on his wife and help create a family environment conducive to homeschooling success right through the high school years. So some of the things that fathers can do for their homeschool, and the number one thing that fathers can do is become the homeschool principal. Every homeschool needs a principal, and this is a great job for dads. And I mentioned, I think it was last time, one of my first invitations to speak about a series of teachings I did on the training and discipline of children was uh, an invitation by Dr. Mary Kate Clark, who's the founder and leader of the Seton Catholic Homeschool, great organization. And she knew by experience the necessity of discipline in the home school, and according to Dr. Mary Kay Clark, and I couldn't agree more, lack of discipline is the number one cause of homeschool burnout. There's a lot of burnout in homeschooling, and a lot of it comes from a lack of discipline in the home. Now, I'd just like to share with you how I stumbled upon this, so to speak, Shortly after getting out of the Navy and uh, going back to college, uh, having had a conversion experience, I found myself in charge of a large children's ministry in Southern California with a rapidly growing congregation. And I had a big problem that almost made me wanna quit this position of uh, organizing this children's ministry, Sunday schools, and everything else. And my problem was is that the teachers were always quitting. Now, the reason they were quitting, it wasn't because they weren't committed to their Christian faith. It wasn't because they didn't enjoy passing on that Christian faith to children of various ages. It's because the children, and just a handful of children, in their classes were driving them nuts due to discipline problems, and that's why they were quitting. And then I'd always have to find new teachers, and just about the time you get them experienced and everything else, they'd be quitting or somebody else would quit. And just about that time, and I don't remember how in the world I got my hands on it, but it's the old kind of film. This is before DVDs and VCRs and everything else. There was a a regular film I got a hold of made by a young psychologist up at the University of Southern California by the name of James Dobson. And this was before there was a focus on the family. This was before there was the Dare to Discipline book, which is a good book to have. Uh, I learned from Dr. Dobson that there needs to be a balance when you're Uh, having a classroom, or if you're having a family between the love and discipline with children, there needs to be a balance between the two. And from Dobson's film, I took the cue that if my teachers would be having a discipline problem in their class, and it's usually only one or two, or maybe even one that was stirring up another couple, all right, I took the discipline's uh, problems on me. In other words, I would take them out of the class, they would be with me while I walked around to the various classes and you know, we just dealt with things, but I took the discipline problems. And you know what happened? The teachers quit quitting. And I, I was a single man at the time, but I didn't even know there was going to be such a thing as homeschooling or I'd be a homeschooling dad but that was worth $10,000, that experience right there. I didn't realize how it would pay off later in life because without discipline, you know, a lot of parents don't even want uh, more than one or two children because it's just already driving them totally crazy. But if you have discipline in the home school, and you have that under control, and dad is very actively helping mom with this. And hear this, before you ever begin the classroom education, moms and dads have, what, 18 months to five years to really engage that training and discipline of children before the classroom stuff starts. You can get them used to listening to your voice. I told you last time, and i hesitate to mention my own books because I don't like extensive ads on Catholic media. But in any case, I wrote a book entitled Legacy, subtitled A Father's Handbook for Raising Godly Children. And in here, in chapter six, I talk about choosing the best education for your children. And 15 years ago, I realized I was cutting out my sales, but I advocated homeschooling, and I mentioned why in chapter six. But as soon as I got done with the education chapter, chapter six, guess what chapter seven, eight, and nine are? Three chapters more than any other subject by far in the book, for fathers, Catholic fathers, it's discipline. And starting with chapter seven was teaching your child to obey your voice. This is the first step. This is the most important step because you want your child to learn how to listen to your voice, obey your voice, and then heed God's voice as your child grows older. Well, along, and I'm talking from a father's point of view, Part of that teaching, a dad's teaching, is also getting them to honor your mother's, their mother's voice. And this is part of child training and discipline. This is critical for homeschool because if you can't teach your child to honor your mother's voice, you're gonna have a really difficult time in homeschooling. You're gonna have a lot of resistance and there's gonna be a high probability of burnout. So here's what I did. I was the principal and I was on call. Uh, If there was a necessity, I could do a lunchtime visit. My office wasn't very far from home, so I could come home and, if necessary, deal with a situation. If we had a meltdown, and by the way, meltdowns very frequently occur with maybe a child just starting homeschooling or at the beginning of a school year. So if there was a meltdown and it was serious, I would come home and... Once the children realize that the principal is willing to leave work and come home, this is not a game. Uh, You know, treat it very seriously. And once they learned that I was willing to come home, very often I would get them on the phone and I would say, I understand we're having a problem in our home school. Uh, Is it necessary for me to come home to correct this? Or, can we do this over the phone? And 99% of the times, except for maybe a strong-willed one on occasion, would say, uh, no, we we can work this out over the phone. And then the ones that were a little strong-willed and say, no, we can't, the siblings would say, no, 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 (laughs) work it out over the phone. They'd be whispering to him or her. So any case, most of the time it could be worked out over the phone. Now, some guy could be saying, look, I do important work. I can't Go leaving work for our homeschool. And as I say, hope your kids aren't listening to this. Once they know you're willing to come home and you do it, uh, you can generally handle things over the telephone. But I'm thinking grand total of um, maybe ninety minutes. I had to take off work over the course of a quarter of a century to keep my homeschooling going from, you know, beginning. First grade right through high school for eight children, uh, it took 90 minutes for a quarter of a century. Personally, I think that's a very good investment to keep our homeschool going rather than to have burnout. Okay, here's some other things. These are going to be simpler until I come to the last one, if we can get to that. Uh, Graciously offer some management solutions to your wife for your homeschool. Now, before you listen to me, you might want to just, if you're listening on a podcast, pause for a second and go find that YouTube entitled, It's Not About the Nail, where a wife actually has a nail in her forehead and saying you're always trying to fix things. Uh, A lot of times, wives want to be listened to rather than fixed. But you can be an observer, kind of an efficiency expert, and you want to listen. And I can remember listening to Karen and maybe the coming year, she'd have a one particular challenge that was overwhelming. My job, I saw at that point, is to find a way to turn the most challenging course or subject into the easiest one, because now there's video classes, online instruction, and local tutors for almost any subject, and you simply go in and make the hardest the easiest, and you can keep things running that way. Number three, you want to protect your wife from homeschooling gurus, and I'll get more specific. You need to protect your wife from Catholic homeschooling gurus and experts who are overburdening your wife with unachievable academic and homemaking goals. You know, some conference speakers say, you know, you want to have the perfect marriage, the perfect homeschool, the perfect children, and um, they end up quit homeschooling, okay? But, you know, uh, the average wife listens to this, how am I ever going to do it? You know, I would say several times, I'd be very happy if my kids can read, write, speak, and do some math, okay? Um, you don't want to be the world's expert. You don't have to buy everything and do everything people tell you to. You really need to use some discernment. What is marketing and what is a real need here, okay? And then right along with this, there are some, and I'm going to go ahead and call them out, dysfunctional homeschool leaders. You see, pride is a cardinal sin, and yet there's people saying this is the Catholic curriculum with kind of the implication that other good Catholic curriculums are somehow less Catholic. And of course, what mom doesn't want her children to be fully embracing the faith? Well, you know, There's several good Catholic curriculums and somebody who puts everybody else down to lift himself up or saying this is the only good classical curriculum or your children are going to grow up deficient, get away from that because pride stinks and it really colors things and you don't want to fall into somebody else's trap for that. Sorry to be so blunt, but just thought I'd say it. Number Five, you want to provide the necessary equipment. Now, I'm going to, any wives listening, and guys too, um, we need to have some correction to a very common financial viewpoint of the cost of homeschooling. Now, a guy thinks, okay, if I send my child to a parochial school, a private school, you know, it's going to be thousands of dollars. Well, I'm not really excited about homeschooling, but you know what? Since my wife is doing it, the cost is, well, zero. And that is a huge, huge mistake. If you want a budget for your homeschool, it's somewhere between zero and and the cost of a parochial school. A husband who budgets zero for a homeschool is making a huge mistake. Personally, I was so grateful that my wife, Karen, was willing to homeschool. She needed a blackboard, she got a blackboard. She needed bookshelves, I bought them and assembled them. If she needed a particular curriculum, she got it. It's well worth it, it's valuable, and it should be budgeted for. So provide the necessary equipment for your wife, and uh, I wrote about that in that article in the Catholic Homeschool Companion, and you can pass that along to your husband if you are having the zero budget for your homeschool problem. Which leads me to number six, which is actually a related issue. And that is financing the home school. Now, I'm not talking about just money for blackboards and curriculums and, you know, a home school computer and that type of thing. Really, this is going to change the financial complexity of the home because basically our economy is very family unfriendly, and it's basically trying to design itself so it takes two incomes for the average family to survive. And if you're really going to be homeschooling, you're probably back to a single paycheck or maybe a single paycheck plus a home-based business. But in any case, It's not the same thing for 95% of the situations as having two paychecks coming into the home. And so you're going to have to rethink things. And I can't say enough for not necessarily all the investment advice and such, but the get out of debt advice of Dave Ramsey. Um, And even if you want to find some real cheap uh, used books online, a man named Larry Burkett, who actually got Dave Ramsey into the no debt situation. If you can eliminate debt, particularly consumer debt, you will be a long way down the road towards being able to finance your home school. Uh, Probably more than most boys, um, I grew up dreaming of cars. Now I realize boys dream of cars. But I mean, I really dreamed of cars. And both my father and my grandfather were car dealers. My grandfather started directly getting cars in a box from Henry Ford and assembling them. So I was in a, uh, so to speak, car family. If you look up my high school yearbook, you'll see my nickname was Sebring Steve. And, um, The Sebring comes from the 12-hour Grand Prix in Florida car race. And uh, I had one of my expectations of racing cars. I like fast cars. I like everything about cars. I dream of this and that car. And um, for about 20 years, my car was a (laughs) 15-passenger Ford van. It's the uh, homeschooling BMW. And no, I didn't have the cars I dreamed about as a boy. I had certain priorities. And when you have the right priorities in life, you can then attach v- valuations to those priorities. Now, my kids are out of school and out of college, and I'm I'm sitting fat. I've got a uh, new kind of slightly used car and a truck, a 2009 used truck. I mean, I'm... I'm doing great. But for many years, uh, I didn't have that because buying a car, just the interest and the payments, you can cover your costs at least for home school. So you just have to rearrange some of your finances for doing so, okay? Now, here's the last thing I would mention. I think it's seventh on the list for how dads are necessary for the success of a home school. And um, this is a politically incorrect segment here, but for those who really want to have strong, faithful sons and daughters, and you're going to need to be strong in the 21st century, you want to hear this. It is fully possible that children only raised by mom or predominantly raised by mom, and dad's kind of checked out as far as this process, for children to turn out to be delicate, soft, and timid. And it's a common mistake of strongly religious homes to make them safe. And then if you have a strong religious home that's homeschooling, you kind of double down on safe. Now, don't get me wrong. I do believe in making your home a safe place for children. Kids don't need to know about the details of uh, explicit sex education and transgenderism and all this other stuff taught in schools to young children. It needs to be a safe place, uh, safe media, and that type of thing but hear this and hear this very carefully. There is an equal need, especially if you're a strong religious family because certain things will be safe, and double especially if you're homeschooling because you're going to make it doubly safe. You need dad to provide an external challenge and adrenaline-producing activities for your children to make them well-balanced believers in Christ. You may have never have heard this, but uh, Timothy in the New Testament, he has two epistles written to him by St. Paul. His mother was a believing Jew. She became a, a convert, believing in Jesus, and his father was a Gentile, probably an unbeliever. And St. Paul wrote to Timothy in in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5, He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. And this is the perfect idea of a legacy of faith, going from his grandmother to his mom to Timothy. And the idea is that the faith is something alive. This is our goal to pass it on the generations. Yet, Timothy— had a certain reluctance to enter the fire because in the first century, to be an apostle's delegate, which Timothy was, later a bishop, re- required some internal strength. And so you find St. Paul writing things, like right after he talked about his faith coming from his mother and grandmother, he says, I remind you to rekindle the gift that of God that's within you fire it up, Timothy. Don't become passive. And then he says in the next verse, verse 7, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power and love and self-control. And he goes on, don't be ashamed of testifying to our Lord, sharing the sufferings of the gospel. In other words, man up. And what can happen in religious homes— very religious homes where mom takes almost the exclusive role and dad is not there to provide some of that challenge and such like that. And and I'm not saying necessarily academic challenge. I can remember I was in Miami for a Catholic home school conference And very reluctantly, I said I would give a talk to the dads, and they promised me that wives wouldn't be promised present, excuse me, because I didn't want it to seem like the dads were sent in for me to scold them and tell them what to do and kind of humiliate them in the presence of their wives. I'm just being very blunt here, and um, but sure enough, the wives did turn out, and so the first sentence I said in my talk to Catholic homeschool fathers, I said, "Quote." What every Catholic homeschool needs is a fishing boat, and you should have seen the faces. I had the dads from there on out, and I talked about the adventures that I had, my 25-year-old 15-foot Boston whaler with my kids, and um, I just mentioned that I really pushed the edge in some of our activities. We did some things that people may have never have done in a 15-foot boat. And I'm not gonna tell you exactly the things I did because I tried it once at a conference and I don't think they ever wanted me to come back. But I'll just say it was an unsinkable boat. My dad was a PT boat skipper in World War II and he taught me a lot of navigation and boating things. I worked in a Maria a marina. I taught sailing. I sold boats. I raced boats. I was in the Navy. So if you push it to the edge, be sure you know what you're doing. And I knew enough about boats to push it to the edge and gave my kids adventures that were adrenaline producing. And that's part of not just making the world safe but making it adventurous and challenging. And that's the kind of home that kids will look back on 20 years from now and say, man, that was great, along with the education in the classroom. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to 304 of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.